Yes, people, it's episode 183 of Griff's Brain Dumb. It's me, Griff. Obviously, how you doing? It is Sunday, the 2nd of August. We are in August, month 8. Month 8. We're in the final month of the middle third of the year. Does that make any sense? <laughs> We're almost at the end of the middle of the year. Once you get into September, it's now just countdown to the end of the year but um yeah it's august man it's uh it's been a warm few days i mean friday was a madness right i had nowhere to be but it was flipping mad it's like 35 i saw some people trying to make out there's a conspiracy theory they go oh, i find it funny how they say that covid19 dies at 32 degrees and now this madness happens hmm i was like i, I don't think that's that's a thing i, I don't think they changed the weather, but in saying that, um, you can change the weather. That is, it is one of those things that sounds like a crazy conspiracy theory, but um, it's happened. Um, I know it's happened at festivals where they have these massive cannons that basically disperse clouds. And they had it over this festival where they didn't want it to rain, outdoor festivals. They had these big cannons that basically blasted air out, high pressure, dispersed the crowds. Uh, the clouds, mad, right? And I know that in the Vietnam War, I think the US base basically, um, oh, what is the word? They do something to clouds, right? Where they basically, pl- um, there's a there's a specific term. What it does, basically, you you make the clouds get so saturated with water that they, it starts raining. The clouds become too heavy to stay suspended, because that's all clouds are, just water vapor, right? And it started raining. And then what they were doing, they were doing this to the clouds above um, Vietnam, like, above, like the, the, the hills and stuff to cause up like, mudslides. And then that's when they decided that was one of the rules they had to add to war, that you're not allowed to do that. Because there's rules to war, you know that, right? I don't actually know the rules, but I find that an interesting concept that there's, uh, there's actual rules to war. Let's have a look. Rules of war. Um, Law of war. There you go. But yeah, there's just like certain conduct you're allowed to do during war. So when they say that, you know, there's no rules in love and war, there are. That's how you become like an international war criminal because you're breaking rules in a war. So you're allowed to scrap it out, but but, um, you're not allowed to just do whatever you want. Um, let's see. Yeah, so the law of war refers to the component of international law that regulates conditions for war, jus ad bellum, and the conduct of warring parties, jus in bello. Laws of war define sovereignty and nationhood, states and territories, occupation, and other critical terms of international law. Have you got any examples? Examples of substantive laws, principle of the laws of war. Let's see. I want just some bullet points because I am lazy. Um, no, I can't find anything that's quick to read. Maybe if I did some bloody research for my for my podcast, I'd be able to do this. But you have like the declaration of war and the lawful conduct of belligerent actors. People parachuting from an aircraft in distress. 
these are examples of substance of subs, substantive laws of war. Let's all right, let's pick one. Um, oh, the Red Cross, Red Crescent, Magan David, Adam, and the White Flag. All right, so people parachuting from an aircraft in distress. Modern law of war, specifically within Protocol 1, additional to the 1949 Geneva Conventions. I've heard of that. Prohibits attacking people parachuting from an aircraft in distress. Ah, there you go. So if you just take out their plane, bam, and they get out, their parachute, you're not allowed to shoot them out of the sky. Oh, there you go. Prohibits attacking people parachuting from an aircraft in distress, regardless of the of what territory they are over. Once they land in territory controlled by the enemy, they must be given the opportunity to surrender before being attacked, unless it is apparent that they are engaging in a hostile act or attempting to escape. This, prohibi this prohibition does not apply to the dropping of airborne troops, special forces, commandos, spies, saboteurs, liaison officers and intelligent agents. Thus, such personnel des descended by parachute are legitimate targets and therefore may be attacked, even if their aircraft is in distress. There you go. Does we end up in like little... That's that going to court. So yeah, we shot them out sky. So yeah, but they're actually uh, they're actually just aircraft stuff. So you're not allowed to do that. Um, Red Cross, Red Crescent. Um, I know you're not allowed to shoot those guys, right? Yeah, Geneva Convention um, also include pro um, prohibition on attacking doctors, ambulances, or hostile ships displaying a Red Cross, a Red Crescent, Magan David Adam. What is that? All oh, right, it's the Star of David. That's what they say. It's just the Red Cross, the Jewish version of Red Cross. It's got a Red Crescent, the Red Star David, and the Red Crystal. What is the Red Crystal? Sounds fun. Okay, that's what the star goes into. Anyway, um, so that rule is. Other emblems relate to the International Red Cross and Red Crescent movement. Um, it is also prohibited to fire at a personal vehicle bearing a white flag since that indicates an intent to surrender or a desire to communicate. There you go. So, yeah, there's rules to war. How did I get here? Oh, yeah, it was hot on Friday. <laughs> so, yeah, that, it, it was mad. I just wish I had somewhere to be. I just sat indoors and um, chilled out. Absolutely chilled out. Gent well, literally chilled out because it was warmer outside than it was inside the flat see i was driving my car ac on getting a bit cold thinking, oh maybe she'll put a jump around and as soon as i opened the door I felt like on holiday you know that when you're walking back from the restaurant at night and it's dark and it's still warm we had that and then uh and then the weather switched switched a little bit but um but it's been okay. I've played football this morning, Sunday morning, and I was burning up. Got a nice lump on my shin as well for my troubles. That's what it's like now, just an injury after every game. But it's fine. Um, but I'm, I'm just rambling and rabbited on. I'm trying to think if there's actually anything that's happened uh, this week. I don't think so. Uh, News-wise, that I could think of. I'm missing out all the gossip. I... I don't know if that's because I'm busy or 
I've just stopped caring now. Maybe because I've started going out more. I've stopped picking up on all of the of the news. But the news isn't actually... Whoa, Jesus. So I'm watching uh, Formula One. And... Uh, Daniel Kuvat has just come flying off the track. I think he's okay, though. Because the main body of the car is intact. But there are wheels everywhere. Okay. Well, shouldn't say anyway. Hope he's all right. But anyway, must continue the pod because I've got places to be. Right. Um, how long have we done? We've done eight minutes. I need to get to like 15 before I could do Dear Deirdre, I think. Because otherwise, it would just be a podcast of me doing Dear Deirdre. Is there anything that I've missed? Let's look at my... Oh, let's talk about anti-Semitism. Let's talk about Wiley. Let's talk about that. And what's been going on with all that. So, um, obviously, he's now been banned from Twitter and um, another social media. And a lot of my Twitter feed, a lot of my feeds and friends are like, why is he being banned for telling the truth? What did he exactly say that's anti-Semitic? And um, here's the thing, people. Um, Being anti-Semitic, similar to all kind of discriminations, um, doesn't just have to be the most obvious thing. Like, you don't have to kick a Jewish person in the face to be anti-Semitic, right? My thing is this when it comes to being anti-Semitic. It's um, it. It's the blind spot that some people have about it. Like we we understand there's certain things that trigger people, right? And one of them for Jewish people is that trope that they run the world. Um, because last time, that trope picked up momentum, it didn't really end too well for them. <laughs> so, um, if you want to speak to you want to go back to history and look at Mr. Hitler, right? So they're pretty sensitive about whenever someone mentions stuff like that. Another thing as well, which is is an example of anti-Semitism that people don't think is one. When people just swap out the word um, Jew for Zionist, this is why I can't stand Zionists. And it's like, cool. See, this is where everything needs context and nuance. You can talk about Zionists and you can talk about the state of Israel if you want. But if you're talking about your management in music and then your response is Israel's not yours, um, that comes across as pretty anti-Semitic. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that had nothing to do with anything. And I think that's what happens as well when people talk about these things, Right. You know, they talk about, they, they may be making valid points. They might make a valid point about Israel and its foreign policy and its internal policy against Palestinians. Uh, they may be making a fair point uh, about any kind of behaviour that may actually be attributable to someone because they're Jewish. Um but it's when it doesn't actually relate to the thing they're talking about 
and then it comes a bit too far reaching what they're talking about. And then when you're listening, it just kind of sounds like you have a problem with Jewish people. So why this issue, right? For me, it's an issue of uh, he felt mismanaged. He felt there was cronyism in in the business. He felt like it was systemic that, you know, whatever bad deal, whatever ill feeling he had, he wasn't able to rectify because everyone he spoke to was a friend of his management. Then he realised, actually, there's there's no kind of unbiased opinion here I can get. Cool. I think those are fair complaints. But if you're to say, if you were to refer to them as Jews, um, just because your management happens to be Jewish, that's when it becomes, for me, anti-Semitic. Because what you're then saying is, I actually don't mind the cronyism, the mismanagement, you know, the lack of fair opinion and opportunities. As long as it's not a Jewish person controlling that. <laughs> that that's what you're saying. Because if it's either your issue is with the mismanagement or it's your issue with Jewish people conducting the mismanagement. Now, it's one thing if you're speaking in descriptive terms that they happen to be Jewish. But then again, to what end are you adding that information to your story? You know, and you can just you can use any other group or demographic to make that clear. I mean, and it and it comes, as I said, it comes too far-reaching, too conspiratorial. And so I saw someone post right an example of Jewish collusion. Right, the example was the four CEOs of the four largest tech companies have been pulled in front of like the U.S. whatever court. For collusion. So that's Microsoft, Apple, Google, and Facebook. Yeah? No. Yeah. Now, Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon. It's those four. Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, I think. And, um, I guess what? Of those four CEOs, this is person posted saying this is Jewish collusion. One of them is Jewish. Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Jeff Bezos, not Jewish. Um, the guy who runs Microsoft now is an Indian guy. I think he's Hindu. And anyway, the other guy just wasn't Jewish. But it's that kind of thing of you're, you're using these examples around the world as fact of this Jewish collusion. And one, it's not even a fact. And two, let's say all four were Jewish. The issue shouldn't be that they're Jewish. If they're Jewish and they all run these businesses and they're good at their job, I don't care. If they're corrupt, then my issue is with their corruption, not with their Jewishness. For me, that's not really clear. That's not really simple to work out. But it's like for other people, it's like they're corrupt and they're Jewish, one plus one equals fuck the Jews? <laughs> Just like, no, you almost got it there. It's, it's wrong. I think that's what it is, man. It's like, uh, you know, like another fair point might be, oh, who was the original Jews? Were well, original Jewish people African? 
or black, whatever you, however you want to describe, right? Cool. Let's say they were. Um, that doesn't then mean that the Jewish people who are of European descent or white are now evil. <laughs> they might have come after. Doesn't really mean that they're evil. So it's that kind of thing of just the jump, 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 jump. And it just goes from one to two to four to eight to 16, 32, 60, so boom, it doesn't go one, two, three. It's not the steps. It's, well, it's that double, 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 and bam. This way you can't trust them. And it's like, no. Now. Is thing, are Jewish people above repro- reproach, uh, above criticism? No, of course not. Do I think that there may be um, an oversensitivity among Jewish people? I'm not Jewish, um, so I feel yes. But I could also say that I imagine there's people who aren't black who would say that black people are a bit oversensitive about racism. Um, and I think what where it comes with I'm I'm talking from the perspective of black people with anti-Semitism because I don't really see white people get so confused with it, and I, and I feel like the reason black people get so confused and twisted up with anti-Semitism is the fact that I think they just see Jews as just another set of white people, so <laughs> for them it's just like I am being nuanced. And discerning with my criticism. Because I'm not talking about all white people. Just talking about the Jews. And this is like, mm, yeah, but Jews, it's quite a big group. So which type of Jews are you talking about? You're talking about the Ashkenazi Jews of European descent? You're talking about the Sephardi Jews, who are Portuguese and Spanish, you know, from the Iberia Peninsula and spread out across northern Africa? You're talking about the Mizrahi, who are from... What we call the Middle East now, Iraq, Iran, Persia, you know, those places. We're talking about, or talking about Jews from Ethiopia. Talking about the Yemeni Jews. There's Jews all over the world. You've got new reformed Jews, new converts. But the moment you go, and you've got people who are just literally culturally Jewish. Their dad's Jewish, so therefore they haven't, you know, inherited the lineage. But they're culturally Jewish. Are we including them when we say the Jews, the Jews run the world? Now, again, there are, there are Jewish people in high positions of power. There's also non-Jewish people in high positions of power. And for me, I think when you just keep on going at the fact that there's Jewish people there, it's... To me, that just sounds like you've got a problem with Jewish people having any form of power. You know what I mean? It's like when you when people have a go at black people for uh, knife crime, right? Is your issue knife crime or is your issue with black people? Because it sounds like if you keep on going at black people about knife crime. It sounds like you're saying, we don't mind if people get stabbed. We just don't want black people doing it. Or it's like, what? But everyone does it. But no, 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 no. We're just talking about 
you guys. To me, it's just odd. This is odd for me. So, and also people always like to jump around with the definition of Semite. Um, so being Semitic is actually a geographical term. Uh, being Semitic is from being, you know, from... Um, so Semitic languages, for example, are anything like um, Hebrew, Arabic, Aramaic, spoken across um, literally Middle East... Uh, to east of Africa, north of Africa, so Sudan, um, so you've got Cushitic languages, so from Ethiopia, They're, they are Semitic languages, they have more in common with Hebrew and Arabic than they do with, say, languages from nearer, like, say, Uganda, um, Kenya, they, they have more in common with languages in like Hebrew and Arabic, right? So that's Semitic. So what people go is, well, well, I'm not being anti-Semitic because let's think about what the definition of Semitic is. So how am I being anti-Semitic? And it's just like, cool. So what that sounds like to me is your defense is, I'm not anti-Semitic. I just don't like the Jews. <laughs> so that's basically how you paraphrased or what, that's how I paraphrase what you're saying there. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, again, it's like just going at black people and going, I'm not racist because uh, my, my best mate's Asian. So the problem with blacks is, it's like, where are you going with this? I don't know, like, I just, just for me, it just gets a bit tiresome. And just sometimes when I see a group of black people talking about anti-Semitism and why they don't understand how something's anti-Semitic, it just reminds me of like a group of like racist white people who have no black friends talking about racism and how it's got out of control, PC's gone mad, right? Now, here's the thing I will say though, is when white people or non-black people say something racist, say something that's anti-black, do they get the same punishment as say a black person that says something that's anti-Semitic? And the answer is no. No, they don't. They don't. There's not a fair um, equal punishment for those two groups, I would say. And I probably agree with that. And I think that's part of the reason why people have this kind of rising to the surface of, oh, gee, the Jews control the world. Look, you say something bad against the Jews, they get you out of here. Um, and my thing is, that's, again, what that's evidence of isn't evidence of Jews controlling the world or nothing. No, it's evidence that black people can't just say what the hell we want, okay? You can't. We're not highly valued enough in society. You, you're not generating, like, well, I say, actually, I say that. I think it's more of an individual thing. And probably there's not enough black people in those positions. We can get away with saying shit because you're generating so much money. So that's all it comes down to. If you're generating money, if you're generating controversy, likes... Once you be put into that golden position, you actually get paid for saying the off-key things. So that's all it is. It's this thing of, it's that and this thing of that, if you say stuff about black people, there's not enough of an uproar. People don't care. It's probably not even seen that big of a deal. So it's not punished at the same way that if you say something about Jewish people. 
And I think the remedy to that isn't to now have a free-for-all and say whatever you want about Jewish people. Um, what it should be is that equal measurement is just put out to people who say off-key things about black people. That's what it is for me. But then this takes the conversation somewhere else about censorship, uh, free speech. And let's take Wiley, for example. Um, was he free to say that? Yeah. And people are saying this is encroaching on his free speech. Well, here's the thing about free speech, people. Twitter is a private platform. It's a private platform that's publicly broadcasted. Meaning, if I go on IT, let's, because I think social media people forget, because you don't have to pay any money to use it, people think it's a right. It's not. Yeah? So it's not right. You can't go onto someone's private. Let you started a social network. Say you start one tomorrow. Whatever your name is, who's listening, think of it. Set up a new social media. It gets billions of people logging on, users. And then people start saying some off-key shit that you don't agree with. And you really don't like. And you're like, I've actually had enough of this. And you just go, do what? Get the fuck off my page. Have you encroached their freedom of speech? No. It's your page. You can do what you want. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can do whatever you want. And you can have whatever users you want. You haven't hindered anyone's freedom of speech. Do I think that these people should have been kicked off? No, I don't. I don't think Wiley should be kicked off. Um, but that extends to your Katie Hopkins, your Tommy Robinsons, David Duke. Everyone who wants to say anything off-key about another group of people. I think you should be... I don't think we should hide from these opinions. If these opinions exist, they should be vocalised. And we can see who has those opinions. Then we know where we stand with those people. Is then and I think what it is is we want. I think it's symptomatic of us not wanting to take responsibility for our actions in the sense of, I know this person says horrible things. However, I wish to enjoy their things. Therefore, if you could just ban them, and then I can stop seeing the nasty things they say, so I can carry on enjoying them. Whereas if they keep on saying their nasty things out loud, and people then see I still fuck with them. That's going to make me look bad. So maybe you just stop them from saying the bad things. Thank you. That's how I've processed it anyway. I don't know. I'm just thinking. Thinking out loud. Thinking out loud. But let's get on to Dear Deirdre. Because I've got to get out of here. Um, right. Oh, God. My nose is itching. Oh, Deirdre. How long have we been talking for? 27 minutes. So I thought... I got to eight minutes with nothing to talk about. Then we got to 27. Right. Let's see. Dear Deirdre, coronavirus has put an end to my steamy hospital affair with another nurse. Oh, what? Are you guys lesbians? Because it's two nurses. That's two girl doctors, right? Anyway, I'm messing around, of course. Anyway, dear Deirdre, I've been having an affair with another nurse, but COVID-19 has changed everything. We worked together on a surgical ward from early last year. It was intense, but rewarding with great camaraderie. I'm a woman of 29, while he is 32 and married. Ah, uh, it's not me. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm not even a nurse, but it's felt like I had to clear that up. I'm, I'm 32 and married, so it just felt felt like it was talking about me there. Anyway, we'd often have coffee and he'd tell me about his problems with his wife. He said they wouldn't be together if they if it weren't for his daughter. One day he was going off shift, uh, but walking me back to the ward. When he grabbed me and kissed me, he told me he'd had a crush on me for months and wanted to know if I felt anything for him. I said he was married and I've never thought about him that way. His wife kicked him out for a week the following month and he stayed at mine. So you did think about him that way because, I mean, you've gone from, I don't think about you that way after you've kissed me. So that's like a sexual assault. Um, so now he's staying at yours. So, all right. He ended up um, going back for his daughter's sake, but that's when I began to fall for him. I saw him as vulnerable and didn't like how his wife called all the shots. We got involved emotionally and the sex was wonderful. I feel awful for getting into a relationship with a married man, but he kept saying he'd get a divorce and that his wife wanted it too. He won't. Um, he was sweet and kind. We'd take his daughter out together and he'd talk about me being a stepmom and us having kids together one day. This is wild. Coronavirus has changed everything. He was transferred to the COVID ward and it took over his life. I got the occasional message from him saying how he, how tough it was and he wished things were different. But there were many deaths. Um, they were effectively quarantined so I couldn't see him. Now it's calmed down a bit. I asked him where we're at. He says he doesn't know if he still wants divorce or not. I don't want to make him choose but I feel I deserve a straight answer. I think I'm fighting a losing battle. You are. He said yesterday he doesn't know if he wants a relationship, but that he loves me and wants me in his life. He wants the sex. I feel like I've been led on. Um, I know I haven't the right to be hurt. You do. Um, but I am. How can he truly love us both and mean everything he has said? He doesn't. He, um, he don't think he loves his wife either. Doesn't love his wife. Doesn't love you. But he likes having sex with you and likes the comfort of marriage with his wife. So um, that's what that is. So it's up to you, love. If you want just the sex, continue with your uh, your illicit affair. But if you want more, um, then yeah, leave it alone. It's just going to get hurt there. All right, next one. Um, I've got competition. My girlfriend's letting her flirty mate stay with her and it bothers me. Was he a guy? My girlfriend is flirting with a guy. Oh dear. Um, on my video gaming team. They've arranged for him to stay with her. And she can't see why I'm not happy about this. I don't understand what's happening here. I used to play the game competitively. And my girlfriend first messaged one of my teammates. When I was feeling down. I'm 23. She's 20. This guy's 25. Um, okay. Um... I don't understand how he's staying at your girlfriend's. He started messaging her every day saying he was there for her if the relationship was in trouble. Then said he loves her and wants her. She blocked him for a couple of weeks but later unblocked him and he follows her on social media. She and I have argued about this but she's told him he can come to stay at hers. He lives 200 miles away. Why is he come to stay at hers where you play a virtual online game? Does he not have the internet anymore? What happened? It's obvious that he wants her, of course. 
Um, I want her to block him and focus on us, but she says I'm being controlling and is still talking to him all the time. Am I being unfair? No, you're being a mug if you stay with this woman. How can she literally set up a guy coming round? Like why? I don't understand why he's staying over. I don't get it. To what end? Unbelievable. They're fully going to smash. Don't try to be cool. Don't try to be unjealous. Don't try to be laid back. All right. This is the time where you're allowed to be jealous and nuts and and controlling and uncontrolled. And tell her, fuck no. Stop it. You're chatting absolute nonsense. Not a chance. I just assumed that she was having a laugh. And don't even try to, don't even be competing. Don't lower yourself into a competition. Don't be like, well, if he's staying, I'm staying as well. No, you, you can't be competing for your, if you're competing for your own wife or girlfriend, then they're not yours. Yeah, they're not yours if you're having to compete for them. You don't compete for your own, like, lungs, do you? Doesn't come like every year. They go, all right, we're going to start bidding. On Darren's organs, okay, go to the highest bidder. Darren, what's your opening bid? It's like, um, no, these are my eyeballs. Yeah, but we've got someone there on the phone who really wants your eyeballs and they've bid £50. How much are you bidding to keep your eyeballs? It's like, no, I'm not bidding. These are my eyeballs. Okay, going once, <laughs> going twice. So, all right, 60. I'll, I'll pay 60 for my eyeballs to keep them, please. Who am I paying? He's just weird. All right, one more. Um, one more. Uh... <sighs> right, dreading it. Jealous and touchy colleague is making me fear going back to work once furlough is over. When you say touchy, touchy is in sensitive or touchy is in, you know. HR issue. Um, dear Deirdre, I've fallen out with a close friend at work. Okay, I think it's more sensitive. We were furloughed in March, but are due back in a week. I'm dreading it. We were in. Uh, we were at catering college together. They got a job at the same restaurant. We were meant to be mates, but she's jealous, touchy and dramatic. We were due to meet up in the park a couple of months ago, but I had to cancel as my youngest was feeling unwell. She phoned up in a fury, insisted we meet the next day. Okay, we're both 28 and I think she's jealous that I'm married with kids while she is single and lives on her own. It will be awkward at work, but I'm starting to feel life is too short to have her, to have her a friend. I don't need all the drama she brings. Um, yeah, just get rid of her. Why is she shouting at you down the phone? Because you're busy. Yes, that's a good dick. You don't want to read life at all. Right. Um, one more, one more, one more. One more. Nah, I think, I think that's it. Right, one more. Bad business. I think my lover and business partner is using me and still committed to his ex. Don't get it. I bought into a business franchise with my lover and I think he is using me and still committed to his ex. Okay. And when we met at work, I'm a gay man or 43 and he's 32. 
I didn't know he was gay. Uh, what? Well, until the relationship was over? What are you talking about? Um, I didn't know he was gay, but he sent me 30 texts and we began a relationship. Okay. That's useless information that he didn't know he was gay before. Maybe he's not. Maybe he has an ex-woman. That's why he said it. Let's see. He said he was living with his ex, but saving to get his own place. But I was never happy that they still shared a bed. We decided to take on a fast food franchise together a year ago. With lockdown, I told him to stay home to protect his elderly parents, who he sees regularly. But I saw him out with his ex, and they were being very loving. We are both working again, but there is an atmosphere. If I complain, he says I knew what I was getting into. Jeez, I don't know how you got there. Um, how did you end up in a relationship with someone who already in a relationship who thought you already knew that they're in a relationship? How does this happen? I'll tell you why. Because you're a guy and you think of your penis. Okay, that's what it was. And you didn't see the clear signs. Okay, so that's on you. What you do now? Ah, shit, you're in this business partnership now. I think you, unfortunately, you just have to, because you'll lose a lot of money. So I think you end the relationship um, amicably and go, look, so I think it's best we stay friends and try to make this business work. And that's what you do. Okay, because you don't want to try to make this relationship work. You get hurt and then you flipping burn your own investment. All right, so don't do that. Okay, that is the end of the pod. I've got to get ready and get out of here. Good places to be. Uh, that's it. Okay, peace.